podcast where we explain people and why they do all of the crazy things they do. I'm Master Coach Kim Giles, and I have Sarah Henderson with me today. And today we're going to talk about relationship problems, people problems, Sarah, and how to know if you are the problem behind the people problem. Oh, really? (laughs) You know, everywhere there's people, there are problems. Well, that's true, but doesn't it sometimes depend on what the problem is? It does, especially when we look at whether or not you're the problem. But obviously, we would all prefer to assume the other person is the problem. True, but life is full of problems, right? That's why I have started with life coachings, because it's like waves on the ocean. They just keep coming. I know, we can't get away from the people. There's people everywhere we go. (laughs) But have you ever seen that comic? I think it shows like the library and there's one guy in the self-help section and then everybody else is in the how to fix other people section. Ah, no, I haven't seen that. And the truth is we really would prefer to believe that it's other people that are the issue. And in the end, we have to face is we are always at least 50% of the problem in any people problem. Now, granted, there are some people out there that are really toxic and hard to deal with, but 50% of your situation with them is how you're handling it and how you're seeing it and experiencing it. And that's all on you too. So that's why I feel comfortable saying that we're always at least 50% because A lot of how we experience people problems is all about us and the way we see ourselves and the way we see life and all of our fear triggers. Does that make sense? Yes. I think the first time I heard this about, um, about this was from you when you were talking about when people come into you for marriage coaching, that they're very surprised to hear you say that they're not going to be coached together and they're going to be coached individually. And they're even more surprised when you turn the focus on them and not their partner. Yeah. I I refuse to ever again do sessions with couples together because all they do is try to convince me that the other one needs to be fixed. And so we never get anywhere. It's only when I get somebody one-on-one that we can say, okay, let's focus on the one person that you actually have control over. You. Right. Makes sense. Yeah. So, and, and this is the other thing. We're on the planet to grow. Every person on the planet, regardless of their belief system, feels innately that we are here to always keep improving and growing and trying to be better version of ourselves. We're hardwired to know that life is a classroom. And so I, I just think it's going to continue nonstop to put people in your life that trigger your issues so you can work on them. And you mentioned earlier before we started, this is one of the most important principles of the 12 shapes relationship system. Number one being that we have the same value as everybody else. No shape, no person has more value or less value than any other. And then this idea that life's a classroom and everything is showing up in your life is to help you grow. So no matter what kind of people problems you find yourself in, there's definitely growth on your side that can happen in this if you choose to see it that way. And it's such a relief to me to know that I am here to grow. I am on this planet to learn to love and to grow and and just 
get better. And that's why these problems keep coming at me, not because I'm failing in some sort of way or because I've done something wrong or I have terrible karma, but it's just because that's what we're here for. I love that. So the problem that we do run into with a lot of people is as much as they kind of know that they're here to learn, it's really painful to have to look at your bad behavior and the ways you need to change. And even you and I, we did all those shows about all the shapes. And I remember when we did the octagon, which was your shape, you were like, well, that was ouchy. I can't wait till we do arrows and we get to talk about your faults. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and we did do arrows and we did get to make me the ouchy person discussing all the arrow bad behaviors. Because we hate to have to look at ourselves, it hurts so much to think that we're not perfect because we think if we're not perfect, then we're not good enough. But that's actually not the case. You, you're good enough not being perfect. Yeah, why would you be here if you were already perfect? You wouldn't, you wouldn't be here to grow and learn something and live your life as a classroom if you were already perfect. So life is just throwing these problems at you so you can learn more and love greater. Matter of fact, I don't know if, if I've ever shared with you my definition for the word shame. I don't think so. So I actually believe shame is an acronym. Okay. Okay. So it stands for should have already mastered everything. Yeah. Right. So there's no way to make a mistake if you've already mastered everything and you'll never feel shame. And, and we all feel shame because we didn't, we weren't perfect in the past and we've all made mistakes and, mm. and we carry that, but it's ridiculous. If life is a classroom, you, you can't have known it all from the beginning. You had to go through all that to learn what you know now. And that's okay. And that's the forgiveness piece that, that I've learned from this program is it's okay if I'm 10 minutes late. It's okay if I'm 10 pounds overweight. It's okay if I've gotten divorced. Those things are part of your classroom and why you're here. It's not something that I have to beat myself up over and over again, my past mistakes. We're here to grow. Uh, you can't plant the seed and reap the harvest in the same season. So you plant the seed and then you learn from it and grow. Okay, so this might be an ouchy show for some people to okay. hear because we're, we're gonna call out some bad behaviors that you might have. <laughs> so just keep in mind the whole time that we all have bad behaviors. We all have an unbalanced state. We all get there at times, everybody. No one is immune from that. They just have different bad behaviors than yours and yours are the perfect classroom for you, but they don't make you not good enough. You are always, you always have the same value either way. So if you've gone to 12shapes.com and you've logged in and taken the quiz, when you get your video at the end, the first part of the video tells you how amazing you are. And the second part of the video can be a little ouchy. It's uh, some of your unbalanced behavior. And I think we're going to talk a little bit about some of those unbalanced behaviors. Yeah. So actually there's, there's a worksheet that people can download on 12shapes.com that is a quiz to how to know if you're the problem. <laughs> oh, okay. And people love this quiz because you really get to look at what some of your bad behaviors are. So I stole some of those that I wanted to talk about on this show. Great. And, and these are, let's just take stock. Might you do this? Might you have this fear-driven bad behavior? Because keep in mind, all these behaviors happen because you're scared. Okay. You're either scared you're not enough or you're scared you're not safe. 
And in that unsafe place, selfish behavior shows up. And so I heard you say before, when you're looking at this, if you're thinking I suck or the world suck, that's a fear, a fear-based thought and can lead to fear-based behaviors. Yeah, those are the two core fears. I suck and the world sucks or I'm not safe. Okay. Okay, so the first bad behavior, are you somebody who cannot receive feedback without becoming upset, especially if it's negative and it's about you? If, if people have to tell you that you screwed something up or you didn't do this right or you've got this fault, how badly does that go over? And I have to own, this is, this is one that I have. I have in the past completely had a meltdown <laughs> over being told I wasn't good enough because it, all the shapes that are fear of failure dominant have a harder time with this. Now, your fear of loss dominant, can you get feedback better than I take it? Um, yeah, I think this can be a real trigger for, for anyone, but especially the fear of failure dominated shapes. I tend to try to learn a little bit more with feedback. I try to consider the source a lot of times too, take it with a grain of salt, but it, it doesn't throw me for a huge loop. But Not yeah. as much. And, and we do, we need to honor that all of us have fear of failure so we can get ouchy with negative feedback, all of us. But the fear of failure dominant people, it could lead to some really bad behavior. If you're a heart or a circle or a star, maybe even an octagon at some level, you could get clingy or needy for validation from others and you, you could get kind of out of balance in a bad state. I think rectangles and arrows, even though they're fear of failure dominant, they are more likely to run and stay away from people. But that's bad behavior too. That's not healthy relationship behavior when you get negative feedback to run. Mm, definitely running is associated with feeling safe, right? If you don't feel safe, you're going to put up that brick wall and hide or run away. Yeah. So if you keep criticizing and judging me, then I'm not going to want to be around you very much. So the reason this one is important is this is bad behavior that you've got to own in the relationship. If you're somebody that can't handle feedback, you need to do some work on trusting your value and your journey. And we've done whole shows about that, so we won't get deeply into it, but we've already given you the answer to the two core fears and how to get yourself balanced again. So let's talk about a bad behavior that's more fear of loss dominant people. If you are very opinionated and you give a lot of unsolicited advice and suggestions to other people, that can be a problem. Uh, why is that a problem in relationships? Well, because they're not open to your feedback and that can be also seen as, um, as fear of failure. So if I'm constantly giving advice and telling people that they're not doing things right, then I could trigger their fear of failure and then they are going to either run away or, or become unbalanced and trigger me back in some way for sure. We've talked about making sure you're asking permission before you give those unsolicited suggestions and that, that might be helpful, but yeah, I can if see you, how it could be a trigger. Yeah, if you know that you are a little too opinionated and free with your advice, you might be a problem in some relationships. That will affect how people feel about you or how safe they feel with you. Yeah, and I think a, an, an additional point of that is that I get a little bit frustrated when my advice is ignored. 
or my opinion is discounted. And then, then I get even more triggered. So if you're at first recognizing that this is some of your own behavior, then you can dial it back a little bit and understand that it's, it's about you. You're being triggered because of your own fears. Yeah. Okay. So the next couple are kind of communication ones. Are you somebody that won't talk, that refuses to communicate about things because you don't feel safe enough to do so. And this can go along with the running. I don't want to have a conversation if it's going to turn ugly and I'm going to be criticized or judged in it. That's scary. So we may hold back from communication. That's a problem in your relationships if you do that. But so is the other extreme that you talk too much and you voice every feeling or offense or thing that's bothering you or that even you like to argue and be belligerent or harsh because there are some shapes that kind of get on a power trip and a good fight that they win the argument kind of pumps them up. Mm -hmm. So I, for some reason I'm thinking of, we often talk about that circle rectangle relationship. So I would see a rectangle as like maybe not talking or refusing to talk or backing out because they don't feel safe and not, you know, owning their truth about what they want to say in that argument. And then maybe the circle, I don't know, I maybe see them trying to get definitely want to talk everything through. Yeah. Yeah. All of it. I mean, maybe to the point that the other shape is just like, I can't do, I can't talk about more emotional stuff today. I've reached my limit. Yes. Okay. Yeah, we definitely could see that. Actually, um, arrows and rectangles could have a tendency to not talk. So could hearts and ovals. Hmm. They, they might not feel safe having a conversation with you, especially if you could get belligerent or angry. Mm-hmm. They're going to want to hide and stay away. Okay. But those now, are also the shapes that don't want to really have conflict. So that makes sense, right? Instead of having the conflict and, and getting the, the communication straight, they back away. Now, what I want you guys to recognize is that both are a problem. Mm. If you won't talk it's, and the other person will and they yell, it's, it'd be easy to say they're the ones with the problem. They're mean. You both need to learn to communicate more appropriately to have a healthy relationship. It's both. Right. And there's that journey. There's that learning to grow. So you both need to learn how to stand up and not run when you want to, when you want to run and be true to yourself. And then the other person maybe needs to realize that their, um, their suggested advice might need to be downplayed a little bit. Yeah. And you know, the bottom line is if you have any of these bad behaviors and you are part of the problem, this is something you've got to own and, and do some work on. But the good news is the work isn't that hard when you get some help and a good coach knows what they're doing to help you with these things. Mm-hmm. We can change them. It's really an internal reflection. Then if you're seeing some of these behaviors and they're consistent in your life, you might stop and check in and just be like, Hmm, could I be the problem? Yeah. Okay, so another problem I think a lot of people have, do you, do you have trouble processing emotions? And that can mean high highs and low lows and drama because you blow things out of proportion possibly or you stuff feelings and you don't process them at all because either way is kind of hard. And we've talked about this on shows that don't suppress them but also you might not want to express them all the time because that can make them bigger. You want to 
learn how to process your emotions in a healthy way. And we've got lots of resources at 12 Shapes. I've got worksheets and eBooks on our website about healthy ways to process emotions. But if you know you don't know how to do that, you might be a problem in your relationship. And this is again, one that you can own and work on. Now, Kim, is there. I don't know how to do that. This is totally normal that I don't know how to process emotions because I'm pretty sure that was not a subject that was covered in school. Um, it should have been. It should have been. But I'm sitting here thinking, I need to go check out that worksheet because I think I'm doing all right. But I bet, I bet I could learn a lot from that processing your emotions worksheet. I never yeah. was with that. I actually get a lot when I review it again, even though I wrote it to begin with. But okay. it's, it's such a good reminder for sure. Okay, here's another one. Do you have trust issues? Because trust issues can cause huge problems in relationships. They can one, make you always suspicious and doubting your partner and watching for mistreatment and, and looking for offenses because there's a part of you that's just sure you're not going to be treated right. Mm. That is your problem to solve. You come into a relationship with those trust issues. You're bringing in fear. You're not bringing in love. And oh. now whether the other person is trustworthy is on them. That's something yeah. they got to work on. But if you've got trust issues, you're part of the problem too. Yeah, that's incredible. That's a hard one to switch around because if you have trust issues, then you're trusting the other person and you're really, that's a hard one to take on as your own and understanding that that's your issue. Well, and to be honest, I'm not going to tell you, you should trust people because people aren't trustworthy. I want you to trust the universe and the classroom of life, mm. that it's only going to bring you situations that serve you. So it's not about that I'm going to trust that this person I'm dating won't cheat on me. They could, they might. Right. But trust that if it happens, this is part of your journey. Mm -hmm. At okay. least that's a perspective option that's more healthy because then you can show up with more love than fear. If you're bringing suspicion and fear into the relationship all the time, it is not going to be a healthy one. Right. Okay. Okay. Do you talk more than you listen? What do I'm you guilty. Yeah. As an octagon, you probably have that. <laughs> yep. I definitely have times where I am listening to the other person talk and I want to say something, but I just say, just be quiet and listen. I, it's a skill I've had to practice as an octagon. I think we all do it at times. It would serve all of us to try to be a better listener. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't it? What do we gain we from listening? That. What do we gain from listening to those at those times when we have something really important to say? We want to be heard. What do we gain from slowing down and listening? But you don't learn anything if you're talking. Ah, okay. Now a circle might argue with me on that. <laughs> <laughs> they might actually say, I process everything out loud, and so I teach myself all kinds of stuff while I'm talking. Could they, be. Might, they might say that, but it, you know, it would be good for them to really watch and make sure they listen at least as much okay. as they talk. Okay. Are you super insecure and needy for lots of validation and reassurance because you're so insecure that you're sucking the other person dry with your need for validation? This is really my issue, huh? That's not the other person's issue that they're not um, adoring me and loving me completely and doting on me. This is my issue. 
No, actually, this is one of the major issues that will destroy your relationship. If you try to make them responsible for your self-esteem, they will fail at making you feel good enough because wow. it's out of their control. They can't control how you feel about yourself. That is totally your job. That relieves a lot of pressure on um, your partner to think that they are responsible for your security and how you good you feel about yourself. If it's really on you, that's kind of a blessing. It really is. And I honestly think this is one of the major roadblocks in most marriages is the minute we get married, we say, oh, now you'll be responsible for my happiness. So remind us, how do we feel secure? and not need lots of validation and reassurance. What, what mantras can we say to ourselves? What can we remind ourselves of then? Well, number one, you have the same value as everybody else all the time, no matter what you do. You can't lose any. Mm. No, about a, no amount of validation from other people gives you more value than you already have. You're actually good enough the whole time. But you've got to work on believing that and trusting it and applying it to everybody in your life. I mean, we can teach you the principle and it. Great. That makes sense. But it's a practice. You've been working on it for a few years here. I have. And I think this is one of the main reasons that that resonated with me so much the first time I heard it. And it still makes me smile. It's such an amazing reminder but every day you have to stop and remind yourself, and that's okay, it doesn't affect my value, whatever is happening, and it does help me stay a little more secure. So I have this little yappy dog. I know you do too, because we, we heard it earlier on the call, <laughs> on the show. But my dog goes berserk when anybody comes to the door, and I get so mad, and I'm screaming at her to stop barking. And my daughter said, Mom, she literally has one job. And that's barking at strangers. Just let her, let her have her moment because that's her one thing she does. <laughs> and I was actually thinking we need, to, we need to have this viewpoint of ourselves that your number one job every day is your own self-esteem mm. and how you feel about yourself. You, if you don't own responsibility for that, then you are a problem in your relationship because wow. that has to be your number one job. That is so powerful. If you woke up in the morning and thought that the only thing that you had to do that day is reassure yourself that you are enough and that you're perfect just the way you are and that life is a classroom, amazing. You would roll out of bed feeling wonderful. Yeah, and it's a choice. I mean, it's literally you choose to believe that you have the same value. Mm -hmm. And I have a lot of people who say to me, but I just don't believe it. It's not just a, a belief, it's a choice. You choose in this moment to have that. You can do it. You just need more practice and it'll stick and you'll be able to hang on to it. But love it. Take some work. Okay. Another really common one. If you complain a lot and talk about all the problems and what's wrong with the church and the government and the neighborhood and the city and, and you're caught up in complaining and blaming a lot. You are, you are a problem in your relationships too. Mm -hmm. I have some friends who, no matter what job they have, it is a horrible job. And they, every two years, they quit their job and move on to another job. And that job is horrible too. There's a common denominator there. You're taking you with you wherever you go. Yeah, you're taking you and your insecurities and your fears wherever you go. So I do want to tell you, if you do this one, the reason you do it is that you're afraid you're not good enough. 
And if you can subconsciously focus on the bad in everything else and focus on how bad all this other stuff mm -hmm. is, it takes that spotlight off your bad and it makes you feel better. But that's exhausting. And, and it's and really it's exhausting for people around you. Yeah, I don't want to believe that everything is terrible and that everything's messed up. I, that's pretty negative. And I can see why people might not want to spend a lot of time with you. Yeah, so if you are like this, you need to work on trusting your value and trusting your journey that everything is perfectly right in the world, even if it's not the way you wanted it to be. Okay. That's a big ask, but with practice, it gets easier. Okay, um, a couple more. Let's see. Uh, yeah, if you give people the silent treatment and shut down and ignore them and walk around your house, pissed off at everybody for days on end, you are the problem in the relationship. Okay. I see this all the time. And this is a passive aggressive way to punish everybody in your life that you think is wrong. Right. And we just talked about this shutting people down. And that's, that seems like a way to run a little bit. It is. And it's super immature. If you do this, then you need to get some coaching and learn how to actually communicate about what the issue is. Hmm. And forgive the other person and let stuff go because you also want to be forgiven when you screw up. So if you do that, please let us help. <laughs> Let's get you some coaching. Yeah. That behavior's beneath you. Yes. How about people who will never admit they're wrong? Have you ever known someone like that? Yes, I have. I do know several people that will not admit when they're wrong. What is going on there? So it's fear of failure again. If they ever admit they're wrong, then they're worthless. They, would, they feel they would have no value. So they have to dig into that they're right about everything. But it's, a, again, immature ego way to cover your fear that you're not enough. So mm -hmm. we need to keep working on our own self-esteem so we can get to the place we can admit that we're not perfect. We make mistakes and we're just like everybody else. And we still have the same value as everybody else. Right. And being wrong could be part of your journey. This is how you're going to learn to grow and learn to love a little more. It's perfect. Yeah. How about, are you over controlling? Can you be controlling, Sarah? I hate to admit that I am, but I think since I've started working with you, I can be. I can certainly, my, that fear of loss comes up. And if things don't happen my way, I start to really try to shove them, shove them square peg and round hole. I want them to be my way. Yeah. So I had a, I had a client in my office today that's a square and her whole sense of safety in the world is trying to control everything. If she can just control everything, then she's safe. And we started exploring that today and she realized it's, it's a delusion. She doesn't have control. She mm. tries, but you mm. don't have control. You will never have control. So you can either keep kicking against the pricks, trying to pretend like you have control to try to make yourself feel safe, or you can just trust the universe that would, it knows what it's doing. Yeah. I would think that control thing would be exhausting because if you're controlling everything from the thing that what we sign up for after school activities to what we eat for breakfast, to what time everybody should meet at the theater, I mean, it's exhausting. If you just kind of let it go and and let the journey happen. I mean, obviously you have to make plans, but if plans don't work out and you're forcing things your way, those people around you aren't going to be super excited about spending time with you. And now you're not, you, you are the problem. Those people around you that don't want to hang out with you are not the problem. 
Yeah. If you're super controlling and you're all over your family because they have to do everything the way you need it done in order for you to feel safe in the world, you are sending the message that your control is more important than they are. Mm. And that's fear-based. Totally. They don't see love from you and they want love from you. So the only way you're going to be able to let go of that control is if you can trust the universe that, yeah, sometimes you will not get what you wanted, but what you will get will always be what's best for you. Wow. You know, Kim, this has been really a great, great session here talking about are you the problem or is someone else the problem? I think we've identified a lot of areas where we can all look within and see maybe there are times when we are the problem. And I want to encourage you, if you don't know what shape you are, to go take the quiz and pay special attention to what the unbalanced behaviors of your shape are. And you've got to, you got to be able to look at those and, and watch yourself. I know you kind of had to watch yourself for a little while after you watched that video before you started seeing that it really was accurate. Oh, yes. I completely, when I read, listened to the unbalanced piece, I was like, yeah, that's not really me. And then over the next couple of weeks, I was like, oh boy, I'm real. That is really me. I do talk too much. I do offer unsolicited advice. So you can, then you get to choose, like you said, am I going to continue to um, operate this way and react this way? Or can I choose how I'm going to respond? Am I going to respond with love or am I going to respond with fear? And it's just a beautiful way to really work with the people in your life. Wonderful. Thank you so much for a great show today. And thank you everybody for listening today. So join us again next week for some more of Explaining People.